It is Thursday, January 10th, and you're listening to another episode of Can You Dig It? A podcast by Silver Screen Unroll, an SB Nation Lakers community. You can find us over at silverscreenunroll.com or on social at LakersSBN. You can find me on social at Rad Rivas. I am Christian Rivas. And with me, as he is every week, is the wonderful Grant Goldberg or at Grant Goldberg on Twitter. Grant, I know you're you're feeling your LeBron James vibes again. You've been... you. You've been uh, drinking a little bit of wine, but not courtside of the Lakers game like he did. Um, I've I've had my wine. Yes, I'm back on my brawn shit. Um, <laughs> we we've, we've opened a bottle tonight in preparation of this lovely, lovely podcast. I'm ready to talk some Lakers basketball with you. Um, so LeBron hasn't had a presence on the court, so I'm trying to you know tap into my LeBron uh, like potential on the show. And, Absolutely. And so that's unlocked by drinking at least half a bottle of wine. So And and we're celebrating because the Lakers won a game last night. Their second game in a row without LeBron James. Look Their at third go. game without him. I know. LeBron who? What? <laughs> what signing this summer? All exactly. I know is that they signed Michael Beasley this summer. Look at him exactly. on the court. Former number two overall pick, Michael Beasley. Best number two pick on the Lakers, might I add. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. I mean, are you lying? I mean, the the facts back it up. That's all (laughs) I'm saying. The Lakers beat the Detroit Detroit Pistons 113-100, to and I think even that score does a little disservice to how bad they beat the Pistons on Wednesday. Because the the key to going into the game, uh, because I wrote – the preview for the game at silverscreenandroll.com. Um, the keys going into the game were keeping them off the boards, and boy, did they. Because what, with the exception of Andre Drummond, who grabbed 16 rebounds, he's always going to be uh, a, a dominant force on those boards. Though I, I don't know if, you, if you've played with him on NBA 2K19, but it, it's just ridiculous. Like <laughs> If you miss a wide-open layup with him, it's like there's a glitch where he just grabs the ball and puts it back in. Um, is but it, is it had, a glitch if it happens in real life? <laughs> I, I guess I guess not. Um, 16 rebounds. Blake Griffin, zero rebounds, putting up Brooke Lopez numbers, uh, but still had 16, 16 points. Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin combined put up 22 points, meaning Andre Drummond only had six points. It was a good all-around performance from them. And, of course, we can't talk about last night's game without mentioning Kyle Kuzma, who went en fuego through three quarters, uh, scoring 41 points on an efficient 16 from 24 shooting from the field, including 5 of 10 uh, shooting from behind the arc. What a game for Kuz. Hit two-thirds of his shots. Quick maths. Um, (laughs) No, but he he was excellent last night, and that's... No, that's a great shooting performance for him, given you know, how streaky of a shooter he's been this season. Um, the thing that stood out to me is how well he shot the ball after the first quarter. Because you know, if anybody watched the game, and I, I watched the game and I tweeted it from Silver Skin Roll uh, on Twitter, at LakersSBN, <laughs> and 
you know, Kyle Kuzma put up a, a decent amount of shots in the first quarter. Not a lot fell for him in the first few minutes. But, you know, after that, you know, he set those nets on fire. He he must have had just one goal last night, and that was to score the basketball. He seemed yeah. focused. Uh, he was locked in. And, I mean, his sat line shows it 41-2. and two. I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. know if Kobe's ever had that sat line. Um, but he was just so impressive. He was scoring the ball in so many ways. Uh, he was cutting to the rim. He was, you know, he was having dribble moves and, and getting past his defender and then getting to the rim. He was hitting his, his three with the exception of the first quarter. Uh, it was just such an impressive night for him because it seemed like he was so settled down and was not trying to do so much. He just, like I said, it looked like he had just one goal. He was zeroed in on scoring the basketball. Um, and, and it seems like, you know, this Lakers team, it's had enough games without LeBron to say, okay, we know what we are without LeBron. We know what we need to do. And so, you know, Kuz himself you know, knows he has to step up in the scoring department. That's what, you know, his, you know, most readily available NBA skill is scoring the basketball. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he definitely more than shouldered the load last night. And, you know, that point that you had against uh, the, the point that you had uh, referencing the Lakers score against the Pistons, how it really didn't indicate how bad they beat them. Uh, I was going to tweet in the first quarter when the Pistons were actually up. I think the Lakers are going to get out to a lead and keep it for the rest of the game. Uh, <laughs> and they I, did. I just, I, I don't believe in the Pistons. I've seen the Lakers team do too well against them in the past. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, I think this, and I'm not going to call it a turning point in the season, but you know, with this Lakers team, and I know I'm branching out past this Pistons game, but in the last two games, we've seen individual efforts from Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball in uh, in the last game, and then. Uh, the game before last game, sorry. And then Kyle Kuzma in this Pistons game. And we're seeing these guys step up night to night and giving the giving the Lakers these individual efforts to help boost them and help them win. And that's something we haven't seen in, these, in this stretch of games without LeBron James. And that's what we need. That's what the Lakers need. Even with LeBron coming back next week, that... You know, it just makes the supporting cast all that much more stronger, and and I'm just I'm I'm impressed by the young guys. Uh, I've totally turned uh, my head on these last few losses they've had. Those mm-hmm. don't exist to me anymore, <laughs> and you know I I'm I'm not aware of any losses that they had. They won two straight games. They're two and zero this season, and <laughs> I'm so proud of them doing this without LeBron James. And they're two and zero. For the the second half of the season, or one and zero, I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Right First now. half one and zero, second half two and zero, third <laughs> half coming up. <laughs> the the most impressive thing to me about Kuzma last night wasn't just the fact that he scored forty one points. It's the way he scored forty one points. And um, I don't know if you saw this this tweet from synergy uh but kuzma scored all 41 of his points without using an isolation or post-up possession i love which is insane because that's encouraging to me because that's the kind of uh number two or number three player you want next to lebron james i mean we always talk about free agents next summer who would be the perfect free agent next to lebron james and you think to yourself clay thompson yeah and you know not not to 
overstate one game from from Kuzma last night, but the way he got hot and the way he heated up was very Clay Thompson esque. Um, yeah, and I say that because you know uh, Kuzma after that game, Kuzma became one of just five players this season uh, to put up 41 points or more than 40 points or three quarters. And one of them being Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, James Harden, and LeBron James. I mean, he was so good. I don't know if we should come to expect these nights from Kuzma often, but if he can continue to score in the way he did, that's a really, really promising sign, uh, not just for him, but for the ceiling of this team because uh, it, it looks like he's just figuring, figuring, yeah, figuring it out. Yeah, definitely, and and that's a great point you make with Clay Thompson in that you know they don't need the ball in their hands that much to make an impact. They know what they're good at, and they just. Like I said, they just focus on doing what they're good at, and that helps the team so much. Uh, and I can only imagine it gets better when LeBron's on the floor, drawing the best te- best uh, defender on the on the team that they're facing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the thing to me too is that Lonzo Ball's kind of become that guy that LeBron. I mean, not obviously LeBron, but you know, that guy yeah. in the offense, you know, initiating everything. And he only scored five points last night, but was a plus twenty four against the Pistons and crazy you know even defensively uh you know passing the ball it I think we've always said it in Lonzo Ball's career with the Lakers that his impact if you look at the box score it doesn't really tell you everything about his game and I think last night was the perfect example of that he you know, he always brings it on the defensive end he has great instinct he has great effort and I think pairing the two that's just i mean i mean it's you know it's a picture perfect combination and you know it allows the lakers to you know force these turnovers get out on the break that pass mm. that he had to Kentavious oh. Caldwell Pope yeah. oh my gosh that was basketball brilliance yeah it was so good and it's the it's the type of like it's the type of passes you see on you know either Sports Center or on Twitter that you see Ben Simmons making that you're just like, wow, I can't wait until Lonzo Ball like asserts himself and and you know throws those kind of dimes to people and I think you saw it on the bench a little bit um, the way LeBron James and and the guys were getting when LeBron or sorry when Lonzo was either attacking the basket or making those highlight plays um, you can just tell they want him to get it yes. so bad like they want they want for him uh, they want it to click for him so bad because they see the type of player he can be uh and when he's aggressive he's making plays for other guys like that it gets the team going we don't we make a, a lot about Lonzo not being a scorer and rightfully so because uh, his offensive game is so limited but I I think when he's running the break when he's uh, you know, getting out in the break because of the defense he plays, that pumps a team up as much as, you know, a highlight dunk or, uh, you know, a pull-up three in transition. Um, those are plays that, that get the team going, and I think that's the role that Lonzo should play even when LeBron comes back. Yeah, he... It's it's all about when he's engaged, and, you know, far too often this season, I'd say his effort has been up and down, but like like we've said, you know, when it's clicking for him, he's such an impactful player for the Lakers, and it's always a positive impact, no matter what his shooting is like. And you know, he's been such a streaky shooter. 
um like either really good or really bad and it's seemingly at the opposite ends of in the, of the spectrum um it doesn't matter what he's shooting like and i think you know he's a player you can even play in the playoffs i know that you know every possession matters in the playoffs and possessions i mean the game slows down so much and every and but I just think, you know, he he doesn't score the ball at all, but he allows his other teammates to score, and he plays such great defense. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a player that not only you can play in the playoffs, but you can lean on because if he's locked in, if he has that effort defensively, and he's engaged and he's igniting the fast break, he's you know pushing the ball up floor, up the floor. The Lakers and their pace, if they get in the playoffs, that's going to be something that other teams are going to struggle to match. And you know, you can talk yeah. about you can talk about how, you know, getting to the free throw line matters in the playoffs and making your free throws in the in, in the playoffs matters, and that's going to be a really big question mark for the Lakers, but as long as they're getting more possessions than the other team and 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 utilizing their their pace and the fast break, that's going to mm-hmm. present a problem. Now, the Lakers are going to have to win some games and and they're going to have to, you know, establish themselves in uh in the conference you know one through eight but if they get a favorable matchup in the first round i see them you know making a run at least to the to the western conference semis yeah i think so too i think they they went around and part of the reason i think they went went around is because of how deep they've looked as of late um i we'd be remiss not to talk about uh, Michael Beasley, the birthday boy, putting up 19 points, a season high for him um, against the Pistons. And also Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who we've talked about over the past few weeks, uh, stepping up and really turning a season around. And, you know, when it when you take into account KCP turning things around, Michael Beasley providing solid minutes for the Lakers, um, you start to look at the roster and see that this team is about you know, nine or ten guys deep, um, just guys that can provide solid minutes. Um, and, you know, Lance is, is hit or miss. You, you, you never know what you're going to get from Lance on any given night. But, you know, at least Michael Beasley and KCP, uh, those are guys I see going forward being able to help this team, uh, you know, fill holes that have, haven't been filled so far this season because – Michael Beasley, in my opinion, does all the things that Lance Stevenson does just at a position of need uh, while playing, you know, serviceable defense. He can hit open three-point shots. Uh, He can create his own shot without dribbling like eight million times. (laughs) Adding those guys to... Yeah. (laughs) Adding bees and kcp to that mix. And I shoot, I'd even throw Ibiza Zubats in there. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, and you add Zubat to that mix with Chandler. Uh, we know that Chandler's been dealing with some back issues lately. Uh, that depth has allowed the Lakers to deal with adversity the way they have this season. And we haven't seen them at full strength too many times this season, whether it's uh, because they didn't have Tyson Chandler yet or because Michael Beasley was away with the team uh, with personal, uh, you know, personal matters. Once this team is healthy, it's hard not to imagine them competing with any team in the Western Conference on any given night. 
Right. And, you know, that's that's a big if because the Lakers haven't been healthy all year. And mm-hmm. it makes you question whether they're going to be healthy at any point in the season. And, you know, it raises questions of, you know, is it a problem with the training staff? Is it a problem with the players themselves? But, you know, credit to Michael Beasley because, you know, dealing with something so heavy and so difficult. And, and obviously, you know, we support Michael Beasley. We're totally, totally sorry for you know, what he's had to go through this year and, and losing Absolutely. his mom. Um, mm-hmm. I, I cannot imagine what he's going through. And to, you know, not only, you know, stay in game shape, and but just come in and make an Im- immediate impact for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and maybe it was harder for him you know, in the middle of the season while everything was going on uh, to make an impact. But in this stretch of games, you know, he's really brought, he's engaged, and he's multifaceted on the offense. He's not only a threat, you know, from the three-point line, but he's a threat at the rim. Uh, he he makes smart plays. He's, he's I'm not going to say a great defender because, you know, there's only so many great defenders in the league. Yeah, but he's serviceable. Yeah, he, he makes an effort, and you know, he utilizes his length in a smart way. And you see the effort, you know, whenever he steps on the floor. He's a guy that's not going to just phone it in. Uh, yeah. he, you can tell he genuinely wants to make an impact. And, you know, I'm not going to say that's half the battle, but, you know, it's a big part of things just to be, you know, mentally, you know, in the game and and to want to make a team for make a team make a pl- uh, a play for your for your teammates on any given moment you know that's a big thing and, and michael beasley is you know a great teammate he uh had a great post-game interview last night <laughs> yeah i did john ireland was... john ireland gave him a a lob which he dunked home uh and if you guys don't know what i'm talking about just just watch the most recent video of michael beasley i have on my timeline and you'll quickly get it uh like he yeah. did last night um anyways this is a this is a pg podcast and i've already crossed that line a couple times yeah it was it was probably my uh, my favorite post game quote of the season, uh, and it dismantles as far as the subject matter. It dismantles uh, Jordan Clarkson's comments from a few seasons ago when they asked, uh, you know, why are you playing so well? And he's like, honestly, man, it's because of the ladies. Yeah, ladies don't like you when you're not doing well. Well, Kuz, uh, like when he had to sell free agents on coming to LA, he's like. You know the weather's nice and we got fine women or like something like that, <laughs> but uh, this team, this team is just it. They're so funny and you know I think that's a big part of you know why they're so good in the locker room. You never hear of any locker room tension or trauma. I'm not gonna go as far to say as that they're the opposite of the Wizards, but they're or the they're a really they're a really close team and I think you know yeah. they got. They got a got a lot of guys together, a group of guys that you know like to have fun, love basketball, and, and I think you know we see that, and and they play for each other all the time, um, and I, I think the biggest part in Beasley's impact is keeping Lance Stevenson off the floor. Now sometimes you're gonna get that Lance that gives you you know 13 points in nine minutes, and yeah. you know he moves the ball kind of well, and he doesn't need to take you know 14 dribbles in you know 10 seconds, but you know, most nights you're not going to get that, and you know, for other reasons than on court, I wouldn't like to have Lance Stevenson on the team. But mm-hmm. you know, in, in playing Michael Beasley so much, 
uh, it's allowed the team to you know play or f- play freer basketball. The ball moves more, and it gives you more consistency on defense. And I I, I just like the move better from a personal standpoint, from a morality standpoint. Uh, Beasley is just a, a really cool guy and and a really fun guy to root for. So you know if you if you haven't jumped on the Beasley train already, go ahead get on because it's picking up steam. I agree that bees is a super cool guy and i think super cool uh, bees super cool bees um speaking of injuries and staying healthy uh lebron james got his reevaluation a day early uh and the good news is is that he's been cleared to increase the workload he's been able to do on the court uh so he's going to progress towards making his return the bad news is we won't know when that return date uh, will be until Wednesday, January 16th. So the Lakers are guaranteed to be without him for the next three games. But luckily, uh, with the way they're playing and uh, the way their schedule uh, worked out, they might not desperately need him in the way they might in a week from now. And we'll get to that. Uh, but we got the Jazz on Friday, uh, the Chicago Bulls, or sorry, the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday, and then on Tuesday... We have the Bulls at Staples Center. So not exactly a tough stretch of games well, without LeBron James. But then again, the Lakers did lose to the Knicks. Um, I, I think they've grown a lot since that game. But what it boils down to to me is every game without LeBron James is a coin toss uh, for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say which team you're going to get on a nightly basis without LeBron. Because, obviously, with LeBron, you got a chance to beat anybody. But I'll, I'll say this for the Lakers. It seems at least, you know, not for the season. I'm not going to speak for the whole season. But at least for right now, since that Knicks game, they seem to have turned a little bit of a corner just with the young guys so that they can beat these teams like, you know, the, the Cavs or, you know, like, you know, Sorry, I'm blanking. Uh, I you literally just said the team, the Bulls, the Jazz, the the Bulls, and I, I think yeah. they might struggle a lot against the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz seem to have at least put it together a little bit since the first time that they've met mm-hmm. the season. Um, yeah, just the pairing of Donovan Mitchell and and Rudy Gobert and Ricky Rubio always seems to you know play up against the Lakers. Uh, it just seems like it's a schedule loss. But I wouldn't really judge the Lakers on their performance against Utah if they, you know, bring the effort and don't get, you know, blown out by 25 points. Uh, I, I just, I, I think that this young team knows who they are now and knows, you know, who needs to bring what on every on every night. You know, Kuz needs to score the ball. Lonzo should be more aggressive in, in scoring the ball and, and getting the ball to his teammates. And I think mm-hmm. we've seen that over the past few games. B.I. knows that he has to be the guy for the Lakers. He has to be the one you know, distributing the ball, you know, being the playmaker, and also getting to the rim and, and better utilizing his length. I think you know, as long as we see less you know, mid-range jumpers and, and more aggressive moves uh, to go to the cup, we're going to see a better Brandon Ingram. And you know, I think the guys get that, and and Luke Walton gets that, and 
He's playing them more minutes, and I think that's a, a, a winning formula for the Lakers. Now, it's not going to beat every you know great team in the Western Conference because you lack LeBron, and in signing LeBron, you're not going to be able to sign, the, sign those you know mid-tier guys that are going to help your team on every night. You know, you're going to get these you know kind of you know shaky guys that you know could help your team, but mm-hmm. you know. Like, you know, Rondo's been hurt this year, but, you know, Rondo is not going to be the same Rondo on every night. Uh, Michael Beasley's a little more close to, you know, what you're going to get on a nightly basis. JaVale McGee, even more so, you know, he was yeah. the best signing of the offseason for them. And so, now I think even with JaVale getting healthy, we haven't even mentioned that at all. You know, he's yeah. getting, you know, healthier by the day, and he's going to, you know, make more of an impact. Tyson Chandler is getting healthier from his back spasm. So this team is slowly getting healthier. And I think we're going to see them competitive in a lot more games uh, coming soon. Yeah, and I, I certainly hope so. Because after that game with the Bulls, um, which is when... After that game with the Bulls, LeBron James is supposed to be evaluated. Um, and hopefully it's good news. We're all hoping it's good news. But if it's not good news... That's really bad news for the Lakers because immediately following that Bulls game, they jump on a plane to Oklahoma City uh, for the start of their two-game road trip, uh, which starts in OKC, and then they'll go off to Houston, who who they've lost to twice this season. Uh, and once they get back from that mini game uh, from that mini road trip, they will host the Warriors at Staples Center for uh, Martin Luther King Day game uh which like increasingly over the past few years has been like a really big day for basketball uh which is wonderful and i i think that's so cool but um it's a really tough three game stretch if 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 lebron james isn't going to be with them uh and as great as i think the lakers have played the past two games um even with a healthy lebron james the thunder and the rockets are a tough team to beat um uh, and even when the Rockets weren't at their best this season, when when they were struggling, the Lakers had a hard time beating them. It's going to be interesting to see if LeBron doesn't play, how they come out against those guys. Because every game counts in the Western Conference, which makes this next three-game stretch so important. Because there's no guarantees LeBron's going to be back. So let's say they go one and two in the next road trip. That's arguably three games they should have won, uh, and it could cause some slippage in the standings. Uh, you know, if they don't capitalize on this this break in the schedule, if you will. Yeah, and and even if LeBron comes back, who knows if he's going to be on a minute count with Luke Walton? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I I I don't doubt that they're going to you know watch his minutes and and make sure they're not overdoing it, so we don't. You know, re-injure this groin or or spark a new injury. So I I wouldn't be surprised if if Luke Walton and the Lakers staff kept him to you know maybe twenty five minutes a game when he comes back, and mm-hmm. you know you know the rest of the of the minutes the rest the the twenty three other minutes in the game could be huge. Um, you know, Paul George plays up when he gets when he goes against the Lakers. Now we've yeah. seen that you know with Oklahoma City, we've seen that you know with Indiana. I, I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, even with LeBron James, it could be a, a really tough stretch for the Lakers. 
and especially because they played well against these teams in the past, and and especially just talking about last year, because they had a guy like Julius Randle who just you know didn't stop blowing into guys and, and hitting them in the chest and getting to the rim, and Brooke mm-hmm. Lopez stretching the floor from the five spot. You know, I, I think you know this team is different, you know, in its construction and 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 the way they play basketball this year, but. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a really, really tough stretch for the Lakers with or the uh, sorry with or without LeBron James. If they if they don't have Bron, um, which they're not, they're not going to have Bron for at least the next three games. What would you like to see the Lakers build on uh, that they've shown over the past two games? Um, just I, I'd like to see continuity and guys knowing their role. Um, you know, would I like to see Kuzma pull down two rebounds again? No, but you know, as long as you have Lonzo out there, you know, pulling down rebounds and pushing the ball up the floor, then you're pretty good. Um, just you know, Kuzma knowing what he has to do, you know, keep firing from three. I'd like to see Josh Hart make a little bit more of an impact, maybe in in the scoring department. He always has Mm -hmm. a knack for hitting big shots, but you know. I, I think you know he has to you know go strong to the rim, uh, has to cut a little more, but guys are gonna find him. I think Brandon Ingram has to assert himself. I think once more. I think when it comes to Brandon Ingram, I think people are too quick to call him the next Andrew Wiggins. Um, <laughs> and that's just probably personally, and it's a little bit of bias, but I, I still think there's a lot of potential there, and. You know, guys just don't say that they want to be the best player in the league just because. Um, I, I, I think he he's cognizant of that. I think he knows that you know, he still has that potential and he still has a, ways, a, a way to go. And mm-hmm. so I don't think this is the final form of Brandon Ingram that we're going to see. So I, I'd like to see Ingram take another step, uh, you know, maybe be a little bit more willing to take some, take some three-point shots. I, I think... Exchanging those shots at the mid range for you know attempts at the rim, attempts from behind the arc, is gonna it, it's gonna result in a better look for for Brandon Ingram. I think in the in the views of the national media at least. I kind of feel for Ingram because the Lakers, the, the there are players on the Lakers that clicked with LeBron faster than Ingram has, like Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma, for example, have been really good fits next to LeBron James. And even Lonzo has um, looked good next to him a couple times. Definitely. And with Ingram, having this time without LeBron, uh, he's been asked to be that guy again. And uh, I don't want to say revert to old habits because I don't think he's shaken them this season, but he really hasn't been given the time he's needed to be LeBron James' teammate. And, you know, I think that that's part of the reason why he's struggled this season, not because he's just been slow to gel with LeBron James, but really because he hasn't he hasn't been given that time he's needed um, th- those reps he's he's needed with LeBron James. So uh, I feel for Ingram, but I, I agree with you. I think he has another level to go. I think shot selections a big thing with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think. It was kind of overstated how much he wanted to be the guy down the stretch when Kuzma was out. Because my thing is, 
who else is going to create their own shot and get to the rim or you know take those shots you want Zubats? you want Lonzo you, <laughs> you you want Lonzo Ball taking those shots down the stretch no. you want you want the ball in his hands like come on I understand some of those or I'd say most of those shots weren't good um in sure as hell none of them went in but um it certainly it doesn't hurt him to get that experience uh, taking those big shots down the stretch because as Kyle Kuzma gets better and he builds that reputation for being a scorer, uh, guys are going to, you know, best case scenario, start doubling him. Uh, or, or And if not him, LeBron. So you need that second or third guy that can get to the basket and get you a, a bucket in crunch time. And I still think Brandon Ingram can be that guy. Uh, he definitely has the length. Uh, to to beat guys off the dribble. I mean, you, you saw him a few games ago against the Mavericks. Just every time he got past his defender, as soon as his shoulders were past his defender, it was over because as soon as he it, he stretches his arms out, it's an open layup at the rim. Uh, and to me, that's his game. I'd like to see him shoot a little more three-pointers, but I think he should focus on being a slasher because that's his his best skill right now, particularly in transition. Um, hitting hitting the Euro step with that Jack Skellington of a body <laughs> is is really really hard to guard and um, I don't know let's let's hope he gets it together because if he doesn't if he doesn't step up and embrace that challenge the the Lakers might struggle even against lowly competition like the Cavs and the Bulls uh, which brings us to our final segment wait 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 wait, wait. <laughs> not to backtrack too much. But when you said Brandon Ingram is asked to do too much, um, it definitely sounded like you said Brandon Ingram is asked <laughs> and next to LeBron James. Uh, and you know, while the stats may back that up a little bit, um, there's... no, I, def- I, I definitely didn't say Brandon Ingram was asked next to LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, and and I'm not again not to backtrack too much and not to take away from the point that you had. Um, even Ingram and LeBron have, have you know talked about their fit together, and Ingram said, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. You know, give it you know twenty games or so. You know, if you think about the time that they spent on the court together, Ingram had a suspension earlier. LeBron's had this groin injury. They haven't had a whole lot of time together to gel on the court, and and hopefully down the stretch in the season we can see an improved version of the pairing. But right now, I think you know it's a lot to ask for you know a guy that needs to prosper with the ball in his hands in Ingram to mm-hmm. to fit really good with, you know, LeBron James. I mean, it's tough for a young player. It's tough for a young player to adjust. It takes a really, really, you know, I'm not calling Ingram, you know, not special, but it takes a super special player to make an immediate impact next to him, like a Kyrie Irving. And so, I don't know. I think it'll take time. I think they'll look better down the stretch, but right now... Yeah, I, I think it's a lot to ask for him. So, you know, I think this time is good for him away from LeBron. It's not good for the team, obviously, being you know, yeah. down LeBron James. But you know, I think it'll give the Lakers a little bit of time to figure themselves out, you know, to find themselves, uh, take a little bit of time, and, you know, be better prepared for when LeBron comes back, to shoulder more of the load, to be a stronger team overall. Well, let's hope he comes back soon. But in the meantime... Uh, they will travel to Salt Lake City, Utah, to take on the Utah Jazz tomorrow. Uh, like we said earlier, a tough game. 
Luckily, though, um, and obviously I'd never, you know, it's, it's tough to celebrate somebody's injuries. Like, obviously, I hope you're healthy. Um, but Ricky Rubio, the Laker killer, uh, is out for tomorrow's game, uh, as is Dante Exum, Raul Nito, and Tabo Cephalosha. Uh, so the Jazz are going to be banged up, which scares me a little bit because... When guys are down key players is when the Lakers usually play down to their opponent, and they really are not in the position to do that, even in spite of their recent stretch of play. So uh, I want to see high energy coming out of the locker room like they've displayed in the last two games. Uh, And, you know, just do the best they can against a talented jazz team headlined by Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, uh, Joe Ingles, Derek Favors. They're a good team. Well, I've been off the internet all day, and I sounded like a big idiot when I talked about Ricky <laughs> Rubio uh, earlier in this podcast. Um, no, I, I think the Jazz are a good team, especially defensively. Uh, we've seen this team play really well in the second half. We've seen this team, you know, they're known to make runs throughout the season, and, and I don't want the Lakers to be a part of that. But I, like I said, I think this is a schedule loss for the Lakers. They go to Utah. Uh, it's a tough place to play already. The fans are crazy on and offline, and <laughs> I don't you know. can say that again. I just think it, I think it's going to be a tough game. So you know, I'm going to chalk that up as a loss for the Lakers, even though I really do not like the Jazz and and the people that support them. I, I think this is a big <laughs> opportunity for the Lakers to uh, to show that you know these young guys can belong in this league. Uh, Donovan Mitchell hasn't been playing as well. As he did in the yeah. rookie season, uh, he's still mm. a threat, definitely offensively. And so, you know, if they're going to win, they're going to have to put, you know, Donovan Mitchell in really tough spots. Give him, you know, I mean, he doesn't have the best shot selection in the world, but make those tough shots, uh, the tough shots that he's shooting, even tougher. And so, you no, know, I think they should put Ingram on Donovan Mitchell. You no, know, I think he'll have a little bit of a tough time scoring against that length. And uh, if they want to win, I think you know that'll be part of the of the way to go for the Lakers. And with Rubio and all those guys out, um, the Lakers can focus that attention on Donovan Mitchell because, as as talented as I as I think the Jazz are, as far as offensive threats go, or guys that can create their own shot, uh, Mitchell is the guy. So uh, that that's a that's a coin toss for me, but. Um, you know, I think I think I'll just have to wait and see on that one. Uh, but I'm I'm leaning towards a win for them right now. Um, a what? Then, <laughs> oh yeah, a win in Utah. Call me crazy, but uh, I'm I'm still off of a a good high from the game on Wednesday, Sunday, uh, back at Staples against the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, and I I'm not even the slightest bit worried about the Cavs. I think they're a genuinely really bad team um and nobody on that nobody on that team um keeps me up at night so i think that's that's a win for them i think they're even worse than the knicks um and and larry our thoughts out to larry who's going to be out for a few weeks um he won't be playing so i mean that who are they going to put out on the floor that's a that's a win for the lakers for me they stink yeah, they're horrible. They are so bad. Um, that <laughs> said, congratulations on Zion, I guess. And, and with me saying that, whoo, 
<laughs> Maybe we lose. Maybe I just jinx the Lakers. But the Cavs reek. They are yeah. bad. Um, the Lakers Garbage. should win that game. If they don't, I'll be extremely disappointed. Uh, it's going to be a, a litmus test for the the Lakers' young core. And you just mentioned how uh, they they tend to play down to their competition, especially when they lack people who can create their own shots. Um, the Cavs have nobody. Maybe Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think I know everybody knows what I just said in that that you know Jordan Clarkson's <laughs> their best guy that can create their own shot. Jordan Clarkson doesn't create the best shots in the world. Um, <laughs> he, anyway, he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible this season, but I, I get what you're saying. Anyways, uh, back to <laughs> trashing the Cavs. The Cavs are trashed on themselves. Uh, I think the Lakers win, and and my overconfidence probably just doomed them. Uh, so just mm-hmm. be be wary of that. I think, uh, man. I think the Cavs are so bad that even if they play down, I think they win by like ten. Um, well, so that's enough. Well, that- <laughs> well, to uh, to even back up that, you know, even when they play down, we saw. I know this is his last year, and it's a completely different makeup of the team. But remember against the Hawks when they got down like you know maybe fifteen at some point in the third quarter, and they still came back and won that game, like. Brilliant. I, I knew the whole time that they were going to win that game. They just needed to pull their head out of their ass and and put it together, and, and they did. And I think you know even if they get themselves in a in a situation like that against the Cavs, they, hell, they did that earlier in the year where they got mm-hmm. down against the Cavs and they still won the game. I think you know even if we see a situation similar to that, similar similarly, they'll get to uh, pull off the win. The team that scares me a little bit that I think can catch the Lakers on a bad night are the Chicago Bulls. Um, Why? Because they're a bad team. Don't get me wrong. They're absolute garbage. Uh, But I think they're young, scrappy, and talented enough uh, to where if the Lakers come out of the locker room flat, uh, guys like Zach Levine and Chris Dunn and Wendell Carter Jr., who I really like, and... Laurie Markkinen, who I really, really like, um, I think those guys, the, that, that makeup of the team, um, even with their coach, Jim Boylan, I'm, and I'm, I'm really pulling for him, man, because that, <laughs> that can't be easy. But why um, are you pulling for him? He doesn't seem like he's like a good coach at all, though. <laughs> no, he definitely doesn't. But, he, oh, man, the situation he's in, um, I mean... Shoot, best of luck to the Chicago Bulls on their head coaching search, I guess. Uh, but th- this is one of those teams I think can come out and punch the Lakers in the mouth and uh, catch them off guard. Uh, I don't have them losing. I think they win. I think they go 3-0 and during this stretch. But uh, I would not be surprised if they lost is what I'm saying. I mean, I can see why you're saying that. I just don't think Levine and, and Markinen are enough to beat the Lakers. Um Maybe I'm overrating the Lakers, but I don't know. I'm not going to go in on the Bulls like I did the Cavs, but their front office <laughs> is absolutely atrocious. Oh, that's indisputable. Yeah, that's like Gar packs. If sell the team, like if the if the Bulls weren't such a historic franchise, I think that team would already be in Seattle. It's hot garbage. Yeah, hot garbage. Terrible, terrible. And so, just for that reason alone, <laughs> I think the Lakers. They win. They win that game, and I think you know they. 
do they take a win streak into you know this tough stretch of games where LeBron comes back? Maybe. Um, I'm not that confident to say they will, but yeah, I hope so. Well, that's our show, guys. Uh, Thank you for listening every week, as always. Grant and I have a ton of fun doing this show. And if you like our show or any of the other shows on the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network, there are a few good ones. Um, You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Art19, where our podcast is hosted. Uh, Once again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed our show, Feel free to go on iTunes, uh, give us a nice little review, and we'll see you all next time.